Hello, friends. I'd like to thank our executive producer for today's show. We have two. We have Lady Sandy and we have Lady Bennett. I'd like to thank you both very much. You guys support the show. You keep us on the air, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. If any of you are interested in becoming an executive producer of the show, it's a $20 donation, whether it's a super sticker, whether it is through a cash app. We appreciate that very much. Our... We believe in free speech here. A lot of, most of our videos are demonetized because of the topics that we talk about. They do that to constrain your free speech. The things we go over, the things you guys give me to go over, they're the things that you want to go over. That'll never be more reflected than in this show tonight. If you guys like free speech, I appreciate you guys helping us with value for value. It doesn't necessarily have to be money, all right? It can be likes. It can be thumbs up. Everybody hit the thumbs up. Subscribe, hit the bell, get the notifications. That way we can broadcast right to you. Maybe we're going to be a minute or two late. Whenever we go, you're going to get that message right away. Hitting that bell, doing all notifications allows you to join in the conversation. Thank you very much. Attention, Happy Mart shoppers. Please know that we test all of our products for optimal customer satisfaction. Please disregard the brown stains in the underwear. And as always, thank you for shopping Happy Mart. I am your host, Jerry Adams. You are watching or listening to Midnight Radio. Again, we appreciate everybody here. Thank you very much. We have a lot of good information coming to you today and I need a lot of information from you today so we're going to open up those phone lines and we're going to see where we stand with all these wild ass speculations and wild ass theories and all the bull crap that is filtering down to us from I believe the FBI we'll go into that tonight so we have the complete video of the girls walking past we have what Kaylee's father, Steve, has to say about it. We have more information on exactly what Steve's lawyer is there to do and much more tonight. And voicemails. And uh, I might be making some phone calls. Who knows? I might call you. If you guys want to call in, it's 325-261-0892. 325-261-0892. While I'm talking, before I open up the line, you can leave at least up to a three-minute voicemail message, and we're going to play that on the show. Now, let me go into exactly what Steve's lawyer is here to do, and I think that's very telling. I think it's very telling. So we're going to play that first, and we'll talk about it on the flip side. We don't know. We don't know what happened to these four students at this Idaho college, but we do know they were brutally murdered. We just don't know how, we don't know by whom, and we still don't understand why. Now, there has been a development. The attorney for one of the victim's families, Kaylee Gonsalves, uh, the family believes that she was specifically targeted, that she was dealt with differently uh, by the murderer, that they believe that there's forensic evidence of that, and they want answers. And they had a meeting with a list of questions, and what happened was very disturbing to them. Let's see how you feel about it. Right now is attorney mm. Shannon Gray represents the family. It's good to have you. Thanks. Thanks for having us. So what was your overall take of what happened at the meeting with authorities? 
Well, we started the meeting when we went in. We had the Latah County prosecutor was there. Chief Fry was there from the Moscow Police Department. The two lead investigators. One of the lead investigators is an officer, Payne. Uh, the other one was the Idaho State Police. And we went in with really a theme about accountability and communication. Um, part of it was the accountability aspect of it is asking a lot of hard questions about why they made the decisions they made. What do you guys think about that? This is early on in the, well, it should not be early on in the investigation. But it is early on in the investigation in hindsight, isn't it? What do you think about the lawyer already going after the police department? What do you got? How do you guys feel about that? Maybe you want to call in and let's talk about that. So what would a lawyer actually see a police department? The officers aren't lawyers. They work hand in hand with the prosecutor. Oftentimes. And he tells them what they can and cannot do when they have to wait to arrest somebody, different things like that. But to have a legal specialist go after them, that takes it to a whole another level than just you and I speculating, does it not? Regarding the investigation and the communication aspect of it is really the, the poor communication that they've had with the families. Now, the you know this, you're a pro. Uh, the obvious pushback is, hey, hey, look, we're doing our best. We're totally overwhelmed. Everybody makes mistakes. Um, we're going to tell you information when we have it. We don't have it. Why doesn't that cut the mustard with you on this? Well, a lot of the decisions they've made. Um, you know, from the get-go, we still get more and more information every day about mishaps or missteps that I think the investigation has made. You know, one of the questions we asked when we went in was, why not within the do you think that this lawyer here gets more information from the police that we do? Now, obviously, he's going to have all the information from the family, information that they haven't released or they haven't said to us that they haven't been able to. So he he would at least know that. But do you think he gets they have to disclose certain updates? Normally, he wouldn't unless he files paperwork with the court saying that they have to turn some things over, which would be called discovery. So they wouldn't be in the process of doing that yet. So if they're trying to misdirect a potential suspect by putting out these lies, these bullshit lies that they've been trying to feed us all, then then that could affect that. That could affect that for sure. Also, let's see. Some of you guys said that they're treating the police like dirt. They're treating the police like dirt. And I don't disagree with that. But you got to ask yourself, what do they know that we don't know? They do know a lot that we don't know. So they might understand the depth of the missteps by the police that we don't know. We can only look from the outside. The first 24 to 48 hours, release some information about, we're looking for someone that may have missed work that may have uh, come in with, you know, injuries to their forearms or their hands, things like that. It's a small, small community. Um, people that have taken a vacation immediately, things like that, that, that normal things that may be abnormal to people that live in the community and getting that out. Um, and they said they didn't do it because of an investigative reasons. You know, it's, 
It's the lack of consistency throughout. You have the the Arbetki, the mayor, who says it's a crime of passion uh, from the get-go, and then you have the Latah County prosecutor talk, talking about the targeting aspect, and then the next day Chief Fry walks back on that. You have the coroner who is making all types of giving out all types of information. That's interesting about the lawyer. I mean, the lawyer. I said lawyer. The coroner. Interesting facts that you guys gave me that she's not actually a trained coroner, that she's just an acting coroner. She's really a nurse acting as a coroner. And she did things very unprofessionally. Shocked. Shocking. Making personal phone calls to the family. And when we were in the meeting, the lead investigator, Officer Payne, didn't even know that the coroner had spoken with the families. Hey, thank you for watching. Please go to News Nation now. All right, so he's tossing it back to me. What do you guys think about this? I'm trying to zero in on how I feel. Okay, so you have the Gabby Petito's case and uh, Gabby Petito's lawyer, and they didn't get involved right away, the family of Gabby. Do you think that previous case affects what's going on now with the, the, the Goncalves family? I'm thinking it does. You got to realize his daughter was taken away in a horrible way. Uh, he doesn't have time for bullshit. And I don't blame him. There's no authority over you on this earth that's going to mean a damn if somebody takes your child away. You better stand by. And that's what's going on. And he got the financial backing for the lawyer and a financial backing for the PI. Somebody asked me, they said, Jerry, how come he's, he has a lawyer here talking, but he doesn't have the PI? Well, the PI is going to be working on things. He's going to be going over information. Matter of fact, that video that, well, it wasn't a video we played last night. It was more like the audio on a still frame. I got more of the video today. I'm sure you've all seen it. Uh, but we got the whole video, and it's more telling. So I'm going to play that, and then we're going to go back to the father, and he's going to tell us more about this video. But when he does, I want you to take note. I want you to look at his face. And I know a lot of you are probably getting fatigued on this story. And I am too. I'm not going to lie. But it's not that I don't want to cover it. I still want to cover it. I'm still interested in it. We're all still heartbroken. This is very traumatic for all of us. But I am feeling a, a level of fatigue. And we're going to go over that tonight too. Next up, let's go over this. I'm going to put this as big as I can. I'm going to put the audio up as loud as I can. And I'll come back down on this video here. This is the full video. The security cameras, they catch Jackass, uh, Kaylee Goncalves, and Maddie Mogan. Okay, now I noticed right before we can hear her say, Maddie, that they're talking unintelligibly. You can't understand what they're saying. Yeah, I can hear it. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull the audio file off of this uh, later, maybe in a couple days. 
21st, I'm thinking. I'm going to pull the audio file up this. I'm going to digitally clean it up, and we're going to see if we can make out what they're saying before they're talking here. I believe I can do that. All right, let me back it up, and we're going to watch it through again. All right, I'm also familiar with this kind of camera, so it has a certain field that it can actually pick, the microphone can pick up speech. And you see, you can't, you can barely make out what they're saying, and then you hear what they're saying, and then they pass that fill. It's like at a 45-degree angle right from where the microphone is. But, it, I mean, it's spread out over distance. So, even after they move out of the area, you, they're, they're still talking. So I'm going to see if I can make that out with my software, too. I'm going to play this one more time, then we're going to move forward. Looking at the chat room, uh, there are plenty of vids that beefed it up. I'm not going to beef it up. I'm going to clean it up. There's a difference. But I might not get anything. I, I might. But just so you guys know, I don't go to other creators and watch their videos. You guys recommend them, and then I might be able to look at it. But I don't do that every night. I do. I just go over the information I have, you know, for a particular uh particular item i don't look at all the different things but you guys do so when i open up the phone lines i fully want you guys to tell me about what the psychics are saying now we've gone over it before but i want you guys to tell me what the psychics are saying now what are the updates has it changed from what they've said before inquiring minds must know now we're going to go back to steve and what he has to say And joining me this. now is the father of Kaylee Gonzalez, Steve Gonzalez, as well as their family's attorney, Shannon Gray. Um, Steve, thanks so much for joining the program again. I made a promise to you that uh, our audience would stay on this case and not let this case die. Uh, we had a cooling off period last week out of respect for law enforcement to bring the temperature down a little bit. What new can you tell us, Steve? I know we got this new surveillance video that was released by our digital team today. Um, what can you tell us? Um, that film, to the family, we've had that film for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe the business reached out to us directly and um, after they had given it to the police. So it, it was kind of comfort to, to us because it's, it's just two girls having a good time talking about, uh, you know, asking about their bartender and, and just... Just being, just being girls on their way to uh, the grub truck. Yeah, so you don't... I do want to say this. You can clearly see Jackass with him. I don't, I'm not seeing Jack D. I'm seeing Jackass. You can see him there, and he's interacting with them. He's walking respectfully beside of them. They don't have a problem with him. He looks like he's there among the group. So that is a new piece of information. Um, again, there's so much lack of information that is leaking out to us. You know, all you have is wild ass speculations, right? But you look at that and clearly it's not, uh, it's not like he's stalking them. It's not like he's following them. It doesn't look like he's bothering them. It looks to me like, again, I guess this is a speculation, but I can see where somebody would think that he was just graciously making sure that they got to the grub truck and 
along the way they got an uber and he's like what the hell i thought my car's over here i thought you guys were gonna go with me and they ubered it away just saying expect that this guy adam that's stated in the video is somehow a suspect or anything like that you guys have known about this this video for a while we have, and we asked, and we did the obvious due diligence when we looked into that, and uh, we we were pretty, it was pretty clear that this individual was not a part of uh, the investigation as far as a suspect. Good copy. So, Steve, what can you tell us about the investigation thus far? We, we, we've heard about the car details being released as well. Is there anything that we can do to to get what some does Steve answers want? for you guys so we can get this suspect, whoever it is, in custody. Um, they've, they've kind of informed us through uh, communications that this, uh, they've checked all the easiest paths. So, like, if this individual had We're gonna go over the paths to his name and it was just something very quick that they could just look up in the area and, and go right to his house, they've done all the, the due diligence there. They've done all that. So now they're reaching out and they're going to look to the community to see if uh, this individual borrowed this car. Um, you know, it doesn't appear that it, it, it's something that they have real easy access to. So he may have ran and they really pushed the narrative saying, hey, if we can get these guys to focus on something that's really helpful, which is this car, and, um, you know, find out if somebody says, hey, you know, that, that, that car that looks a lot like mine, I'm going to come forward and just volunteer my information, and then, you know, they can figure out if somebody else. Okay, that's telling what he's saying about the car. He's saying they... Listen to what he's saying. Somebody, this would be somebody not involved in the murder at all. And they're saying, oh, here, um, yeah, no, that's my car. Here's where I am. Here's what I was doing. No issue. Um, that would mean that it was nothing. But if someone doesn't come forward with a wide canvassing of this car, you're thinking, oh, this car did have something to do with it, right? Somebody asked me, they're like, you guys talk about all these wild ass speculations and theories and everything. How would you feel? How would you feel if somebody accused you? And then I got a call from a, a big creator here on YouTube and said, hey, man, uh, I heard there's a rumor going around that you're the one that committed that Ohio 4 murder. I'm like, I'm like really? That's crazy, LOL. And this person said, yeah, that's, these people are sick. It's, if you're not involved, why do you care? There's like, I was a million miles away. So you take Ayan Harish, very weird guy, right? Um, and people, guys get weird when they're living alone. Matter of fact, being weird makes you live alone. Unless you're me, for some odd reason. But, just because you're weird doesn't mean you did it and he seemed to be have that same attitude as you guys are crazy. I, I absolutely had nothing to do with it, you know. But then there's the people that don't, and they um, tighten up when their name is mentioned. And I don't know. Maybe certain people are like that. <laughs> don't talk to me. My Facebook's blocked now. Don't don't order my buns. Go away, y'all. I don't know. I'm certainly maybe that is the case. I don't know. Let's continue this video and bring up the map. And this map shows the area that they're looking in the video, the area that they're going down. Again, 
please write down your questions. I want you to call me when I open up the voicemail line, have a conversation with you guys. So it borrowed it or if it, heck, who knows? You know, Steve, we talked about this off air. Um, but one of the reasons why I want to bring this up is because I think it's critical to this investigation. Uh, these, a lot of these young people were teenagers, and there may have been some illicit activity that was minor that they would have gotten in trouble for, and it may be preventing them from coming forward. What can you tell these young people to kind of motivate them to give up some answers? Don't worry about all the petty stuff. Four innocent lives were, were lost here. Yeah, I, I want kids to understand that this is such a big uh, case that, that, that these guys have their hands full. Um, I wanted to go out there and tell everyone that we support, the Gonzalez family support the local police officers, so much so that we want them to be able to work on this case. I know that they, this is way over the normal workload that they normally have, plus they have patrols. They have to patrol now. This guy is not caught. So... Um, you know, there were some rumors that I that I had called these officers uh, a, a coward. That was not for these officers. That was for a lawyer that was standing in between what the lawyers, what the officers would like to release and what is actually being released. And I, I called that individual. And this was just about coming forward and saying that the profile is a male. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like at a month we could we can rule that that's not going to hurt the case. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so we got some clarification on that. That's some good info. It's pretty clear, even, you know, the car, the coroner said this it was a very strong individual. Two people had defensive wounds, overpowered those people. So I'm just trying to get, uh, steer the conversation into a way. So, so again, this is a coroner that hasn't had a lot of time being a coroner. It's an acting coroner. It's a nurse, not a doctor. So yet, you would almost have to order... And maybe the FBI has a corner that came down and redid everything because, like, okay, well, legally. Best. You're the best. Thank you. Oh, no. So, legally, you would have to. And joining me now Back is the up. father of Kaylee Gonzalez, Steve Gonzalez, as well as their family's attorney. That was minor that they would have gotten in trouble for. And it may be preventing them from coming forward. What can you tell these young people to kind of motivate them to give up some answers? Don't worry about all the petty stuff. Four innocent lives were, were lost here. Attacked by Biden over here. He wandered into my studio. Yeah. I, I want kids to understand that this is such a big uh, case that, that, that these guys have their hands full. Um, I wanted to go out there and tell everyone that we support, the Gonzalez family support the local police officers, so much so that we want them to be able to work on this case. I know that they, this is way over the normal workload that they normally have, plus they have patrols. They have to patrol now. This guy is not caught. So, um, you know, there were some rumors that I that I had called these officers uh, a, a coward. That was not for these officers. That was for a lawyer that was standing in between what the lawyers, what the officers would like to release and what is actually being released. And I, I called that individual. And this was just about coming forward and saying that the profile is a male. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like at a month we could we can rule that that's not going to hurt the case. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty clear even. You know, the, car, the coroner said this it was a very strong individual. Two people had defensive wounds, overpowered those people. So I'm just trying to get, uh, steer the conversation into a way. So I have another son, I have another person who's going to school there. And I don't want yeah. him walking around those streets if it's not safe. 
So, um, you know, we. The coroner does not do the autopsy. They just handle the paperwork. That's something I never heard. They have to do a thorough examination. No, 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 I'm providing. Okay, I'm done with this video. I'm done. Now, a lot of people are interested in this. The um, the Pullman police SWAT near a Washington campus, they, they say it's completely... They say that the SWAT activity was completely unrelated to what happened on campus here. All right, so I, I see what someone's saying. The pathologist MD does an official autopsy. Um, it's different in different towns. So I do want to say that. It's different in different towns. A lot of times here in these small towns like we live in, in the Badlands, your corn and your pathologist are the same person. And unfortunately, I've got a horror story about that in this small town I live in. All right, so before we go into this, I'm going to go into some of your voicemails to uh, go over what you guys are thinking, and maybe we'll make some phone calls here. Hey, this is Eric from Oklahoma Panhandle. If you hey, watch Eric. the video of where they're doing the reporting in front of the house and the car is going up the hill, there's a person walking a dog up there by that tree. And when the car comes back down, that person is still there and watching. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Eric. We went over that yesterday. And there's a person walking a dog. I don't know how that affects this at all. There's also a video going around of a disturbance at that same residence with different girls that lived there a couple years prior. And I don't see how that has any bearing on this case whatsoever. Not one bit. I saw about a, a minute of it and yeah, I, I don't get it. You guys told me to watch it. I checked it out. I just don't see it other than, yeah, this is what the door looks like and, people a lot of people come in and out there's a lot of you that had questions about Zana's father how did Zana's father change the door lock and not let anybody know why there's nothing but rumors and speculations about it the door lock was changed why well there's two reasons that I can think of one is the lock wasn't the locking mechanism just wasn't working correctly and the other one is she was afraid of somebody getting in there and maybe it was the father do you guys know how long those girls actually lived in that house? I don't, I don't believe it was very long. But do we know how long? Maybe they know that this was there before, and she thought, you know what, I just moved in, and I don't feel safe. Man, I was too stoned to leave a message. Anyway, I think I got it now. What I wanted to say was, first of all, if Ethan was a target, they wouldn't have had to go upstairs. So that's that. Also, want to say I have seen that house as being where you, who you think it is, and other videos. So I can pretty much say yes, that's right else. But the other thing I wanted to say was, let's say, what if Kaylee was seeing both JS and Adam and got pregnant? Bum, bum, bum. And then one of them just didn't want the other one to know. And what do we know about this new guy? Does he have a thing for knives? Okay, that's about it. 
Sorry for my previous disoriented voicemail. Oh, I can't wait to get to that disoriented voicemail. Okay. So as far as any of the girls being pregnant, so you could go down that rabbit hole, but there's going to be a really quick dead end. The Nobody said anything about it. The families, I believe they said, they didn't say anything about it. I don't think you're ever going to hear anything about it unless it goes to trial. Now, don't you think if she was or they thought she was, it would have been leaked by now? And this person, they would have brought up the fact that one of them had an unborn baby. So I'd have to say no on that. And also, people are talking about, well, maybe the girls were on drugs. The parents said that they weren't. Let's go with that, too. I mean, there's why talk about something that you can never verify? Speaking about verification, there's a video I played yesterday. And you guys can... The link is in the show notes from yesterday's show because those were updated this morning. And it talked about one of the fraternity brothers and how he is the one that had a creepy picture of clumps of blood and blood flowing down the drain. That's the picture I'm talking about. And that one right there was creepy. She was from Australia, I believe. Her accent was. I don't know where she's living. That video has been pulled down and a message taken up put out that she's never going to do speculative videos again. Somebody asked me, why do you think that? Well, I bet that she had a torrent of people saying, oh, you're horrible for doing this, this poor person's life. And that's probably what happened. She might have got freaked or she got freaked at how many people saw that video that people were talking about it. And we looked at it. We didn't go too far into it. We're just kind of like, hey, look at this. And then it was taken down. So that's just an FYI for you. Hey, let's listen to that stoned message here. So, what do you think? I put it on your uh, YouTube channel. Let's say, uh, I I can't remember what I said now. Hang on a minute. Let's say I'm going to call you back later. All right. Hey, call me back later. I want to hear from you again. You can call me when you're stoned every night. I don't mind. I like it. All right. This is D. Okay. All right. I'm going to open up the phone lines now. I'm going to give it about five minutes, see if any of you you guys call, then I have a couple people I might call. And here we go. The voicemail, not the voicemail. The, I say that every time. Come on, man. The voice line is now open, 325-261-0892. You know, check this out before we start talking about Pullman. I want you guys to see this map I got right here. Pretty sweet map, huh? Uh, It goes down to the place they say, and again, this came from one of our viewers. You guys are producers that help me with all this stuff. Right here. See this? This goes, I can't see what the hell I'm looking at. Look at this. So this is from 1122 King Road, and these are all the places that they asked 
along this route that they ask for help with footage from. So it's almost an exact route. You see it? All right. And then I got this. Do you see that? All the way almost to, to Boise here. And look at how many hours it is. Five hours. Some of you guys said that Jack S. was driving five hours to his family's home, didn't you? Five hours to his family's home. There's five hours. Did he go this way? To the camping lodge after he'd been out drinking? And actually, we don't even know he was drinking. We know he was at the bar. These are just some thoughts, but... You know what? That's the route of the footage they're looking for. I'm just saying. I'm I'm just saying. So, however, comma quote. Somebody did send me some information about his family's property that he went to, and I didn't tell you because I don't feel comfortable putting out addresses all the time. Next thing you know, they might make me pull something down. So I didn't, but I had aerial footage of that. It looks similar to that. Whoever did that, if you could resend that to me so we can look at it again and see if it goes. Goes into that. Okay. I got... Are you guys feeling fatigued? Where is my... I want to make a phone call here. I don't know what she's doing. Come on. I don't know what she's doing right now, but she said, here's my number, call me back. So guess what we're going to do? Um, she left me a voicemail. Okay, here we go. Okay. Midnight caller line. You're talking to Jerry. Hey, Jerry. I just wanted to call in with a comment. Um, there was a video put out, oh, maybe a couple hours ago, CM, if you know who I'm talking about, the guy with the list. Anyway, he, um, he's got the video of, of course, the, the new video they've picked up of the girls walking down the street, and he's <clears throat> compared Kaylee's voice when she says, Mad, what did you tell Adam, and compared it to the police video where the girl is screaming, stop, stop it. And, I mean, it is like, whoa, it, it sounds like the same person to me. So I've kind of poo-pooed that uh, police audio, that police cam audio for a while, but, boy, it was really, it was really kind of crazy. Well, to me on that and audio. Anybody else had seen that. To me, that audio it sounded like some people that were directly behind. We're talking about the short 
audio, right? The short one. There was a 45-minute well, one and a shorter one. Okay. I, I'm not sure which one it is um, because he didn't play the whole thing. He just oh, I see. played the part where the girl was screaming, stop, stop it. And I agree with you. And I've heard that before. I said, oh, no, that sounds too close. That's And the girl doesn't sound panicked enough when she's screaming that. I mean, I would be screaming bloody murder. And, um, but, um, if you all want to check that out later, if anybody's checked it out, I mean, it is so close. The voices are so close between Kaylee's and who's ever screaming. I I don't know. I do want to say this. So I listened to that video and I'm, I have really good earphones on right now and I can hear uh the different angles that the sound is being picked up from. So the police officer was standing forward and to his back left that voice came. It sounded like there were a few people there, maybe two or three. One of them was a girl, and they were playing around. That's exactly uh-huh. what it sounded like to me. But I said that to say this. That was a shorter clip. You have the longer video, and you're listening to it. And faintly, at the same time this might have happened, in the background you do hear a scream that isn't playing around, and it's farther back. Okay. I mean, you mean if before you could actually hear the... Um stop it one or farther okay farther back you mean farther far back, back in the distance you gotta okay. you gotta remember they're at the band field which is closer to the fraternity and uh right the house that the incident took place was way farther back from that not a far to walk but i mean it's farther back in the distances it wasn't somebody just outside of mic range you know laughing saying stop it this was way back and you can hear okay. and this isn't this isn't fake. This isn't a Joseph Morris situation. I listened. Right. I, I didn't bring it to you guys because to me it is like a, like you can hear it about like a drop of a pin. You can hear this loud yeah. scream in the background, but you can't yeah. hear it. Yeah. So if you guys well, are interested, I could bring that out and we could go over it next time. Yeah. That would be great because. Yeah, I, like I said, I poo-pooed it at first when I heard it. I thought, nah, that that sound is too close to the to the frat house, and you know, the girl just doesn't sound like she's panicked. It's just like you know, she's saying, "Stop it!" Like she's messing around. You know, somebody's messing mm-hmm. around with her, and not you know, actually somebody's yielding a knife. So, um, just wanted some thoughts on that. All right. Well, thank you for calling. Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah, and hey, Jerry, thanks for your service. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I'd like to thank her for calling me. Um, let me go ahead and try to call Sue. Sue said, Jerry, call me. Let's let's surprise Sue right here. Make sure I got the right number. Hello, is this Sue? Yeah. Hey, Sue, this is Jerry with Midnight Radio. We're turning your phone call. Hey. Hey, are you watching us? Not right now. Oh, come on, Sue. I got to. My Jaguars won today. They beat Dallas, so I was watching the sport. Congratulations. 
Yeah, that was a Christmas miracle. We got a question for you. I'll tune you in. All right. I was making sure you're going to watch us tonight. I do got a question for you, though. Okay. I was wondering if you're starting to feel a little bit fatigued from all this coverage of this story. Um, no, not really. Um, I, the only time I, I feel that way is when there's nothing new. Okay. Rehashing old you things. Know, yeah. Yeah. And um, I have a couple of, of thoughts. All right. So I'm going to run by you. Okay. When I first saw it after it happened and I saw that guy in the white hoodie at the food truck, I felt something, you know, like he started to follow him. Then he kind of went fast, like to get to his car to see where they were going or something. Mm-hmm, jackass. Yeah. And, you know, then they say, oh, well, then he drove. Well, who stays at a bar to 2 a.m. and then drives five hours? I, I, we were just, I was just talking about that today, but do we have any official word that he actually did drive five hours? Well, that's what they're reporting that he, and, and I mean, you know, both his parents are doctors and it's not a cabin. It's a ranch that he goes to. That's true. And, um, um, I don't know. I, I just, that always hit me funny. And then the other thing was, you know, what, there any bloody footprints anywhere? Now that has been reported that there's no bloody footprints anywhere. How could that be? How could that be? <laughs> now, l- l- let's think about that. How could that be? There was a lot of blood, but they were all on beds. So if there was no blood in the floor, then I could see someone didn't. Oh, this is good information. Hold on. I got a train of thought here. That would, that would kind of say how tall this person would have to be because it would be tall enough to lean over the bed and not be on top of the bed. You know what I mean? And uh, to avoid any spillage on the floor. But I think this was uh, somebody of a certain height. But um, if, if there's no... Footprints, they either covered up their feet like they were professional or if it's a rage like some people are thinking, they had to have been a certain height and not have stepped in the blood. Well, how about the fellow? He was not in bed. Another, well, supposedly he wasn't. We we read that account of someone that said they were there, but that was completely unverified, and it said that uh, Ethan was actually, his body was found outside in the kitchen. Right. But again, we don't really know. We yeah. do know, but what we do know is that there was no bloody footprints. And beyond bloody footprints, what about footprints at all? I mean, there was fresh yeah. snow, was there not? Yeah. It's just, I mean, it, it's just, I'm totally intrigued. Uh, because I, I'm the type, uh, you know, have an investigative type mind and I try to figure everything out. <laughs> like I'm smarter than all y'all, right? Well, we do yeah, feel like no. we're all involved in this. Uh, I said we all feel involved in this. 
I know it. I know it. And and I just I can't understand what the police are doing and the FBI and all that. And uh, is what they're doing is what they're doing. Does it seem different than what's been done in the other cases? Because they don't share much in other cases too. What makes this case different? Well, that's true. But a month. You see, and, and even to the families. You're right. You're right. We listened to the family lawyer talk tonight, and he was talking about how they weren't releasing information to the families that they should have. I mean, that's awful. You would think, and you know, I think of that. Uh, I can't think of the girl's name now, but uh, the mother and father that are talking. Mm-hmm. And the, they were saying they think they uh, released people too quickly. They did. Yes. Well, I just wanted to call yeah. in to you and see what your thoughts were. I saw your message for me to call you back, so I was giving you a call. Thank you for talking with us. Oh. Well, golly, it's my pleasure. Right. My pleasure. You do a great job. I appreciate great it. Great job. Congra- great show. Congratulations on your team winning. I saw somebody in the chat room saying the Jaguars won. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. <laughs> I know it must have been. All right. Thank you. You have a good evening. Hey, you too. And thanks a lot for You're everything. Welcome. Thank you. That was Sue, everybody. All right. I got one more phone call I'm going to make. We're running a little short on time. Let me see if there's anything I'm missing. There's a new Moscow map. Um, it's not a map. Midnight caller line. This is Jerry. How may I help you? Hey. Hi. Hello. Yes. Well, my name is Tracy, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor, and I'm just uh, calling because people are talking about emotions. Yes. And so what I think is that uh, people are motivated to commit crimes because they feel emotions such as anger, envy, jealousy, and fear. And I think that somebody in this, I don't know, uh, whatever, the um, we have so many suspects. There's something in there. And I think that people just kind of need to um, look at possible emotions and how that could activate them to commit a crime. And that's, you know, what I wanted to say is that crime is an emotional thing. And that's all. And so maybe we could just kind of think of it in that way. So look at the emotions being a suspect. Yeah, like people think, you know, like there are so many people involved in this. So maybe somebody has some jealousy, which is, um, I don't want you to take something away from me. Envy being that I uh, want something you don't have. Um, anger, you know, obviously uh, that I, I'm upset at something that you've done to discredit me or um, something that you've done to me that uh, has uh, prohibited me to uh, getting to my goals and fear Hmm. that's always a big emotion is fear. So 
I, I really do think that people need to think about more emotional stuff. Out of all those emotions you just talked about, it seems to me that all of those were involved in this. Fear is supposed to be the base emotion to everything. Like everything can be traced back to fear. So even jealousy, like I fear that somebody's going to take you away from me. Um, envy, you know, I fear that I'm not going to be as good as you. Um, anger, you know, um, I, you know, I, I fear that you are going to be better than me, so I am angry at you. Uh, and then the stupidest thing is that crimes like this, from a psychological perspective, when you think about fear, you have so many things that you are afraid of. <laughs> and now we, the people of, in Idaho and in Washington, I'm in uh, Olympia, Washington, uh, which is way far away from there, but still pretty close. We are afraid of this guy or girl or people. I think fear, we are still afraid. I think you're right. I think fear is an important one to look at, but it, if you're looking at that as it pertains to this suspect in this case right now, this this um, very, what do you call it, kind of obtuse, all the information we're getting. But if you focus on fear, which is a good motive for murder, a lot of people do it because they're afraid of imminent danger, and that's why they attack. This person is afraid, but not of imminent danger. Somebody brought up to me, today that it seems like Kaylee would be the focus of this. And I said, why? And they said, because she was there at that one time she was gone. She comes back to, to celebrate her new job, to celebrate her new vehicle and show it off. She has this one party night. She's going to probably leave the next afternoon and it happened then. So this led them to think that she was the focus. And if you're looking at fear and again, we don't know for sure that she is a focus, but her father thinks she is. Was somebody afraid of her leaving? And right. they, they were upset. All the emotions apply. They were upset, but they're afraid of that she was leaving, and it was some slap at them. Yeah. Yeah, crime is an emotional thing, and fear is the huge emotion. I'm afraid that X, Y, Z will happen. Like, I'm afraid that she will never come back to me, or I'm afraid that this or that may or may not happen. And that, you know, if, if in the right person and in the right situation, um, I think we need to look at that. Um, that's just what I wanted to say. Thank you very much. I like your show. Thank you. I <laughs> Thank appreciate you. your calling in. You have a good evening. You too. Take care. I have one more call I'm going to send out. For those of you who've never met her before, some of you have, we're going to call, and I'm going to shut the phone line down because I'm just going to call her. We're going to call Mama Midnight, everybody. I want to know what she thinks about this case right now. Knowing Mama Midnight, I won't be able to call her within the given time I have left.
I want to know if she's starting to feel fatigue. So while she's calling, I have this new PDF out. This is an update of the timeline of everything that's happened. It starts at all the cases that have happened in Moscow up to this point, the murders, the suicides. Her call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. I'll leave that there for her to call me back. And it continues on. continues on to where we're at now and i'm gonna upload this actually i'll put it in the show notes i'm also going to re-upload it to our website where we've been covering this case so the newest update we have on here is 12 16 and this continually updates you can't change it but you can look at it all right i'm going to go to the chat room right now see if there's anything i missed got two minutes left I'm glad this wasn't let's make a deal and I had to make the phone call to win a million dollars or I'm glad I wasn't on the side of the road or anything. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in today. I appreciate it very much. This is a conversation we have together. We have it on a daily basis. If you want to have a conversation with me when we're not live, you can leave me a voicemail message, 325-261-0892. 325-261-0892. Got a great show coming up for you guys. And this especially occurs to the person that just got their keister kicked out of the chat room for I don't know why. Probably being mean. Again, everybody should be respectful here. I'll say this. If you hate me, I want you to call this number. And there's a lot of you that don't like me. It's all right. I want you to call this number, leave me a voicemail message, and tell me, Jerry, I hate you, and then go into it. Now, start it with Jerry, I hate you. That tags it and puts it to where we can listen to it. Jerry, I hate you. We're going to do a New Year's Eve special where I listen to all the phone calls, and I play all the phone calls of you that hate me. It's going to be a partay. It's I Hate Jerry in the New Year, Midnight Radio. Call that number, 325-261-0892. Going once, going twice. Call me at that number. I don't want to go over, I want a voicemail message. I don't want a trolling in the chat room. I don't want a trolling in the comment section. Just call me. Leave me, man up. Leave me a call. Some of you are even singing me songs about your nerds and stuff like that. Go ahead and call that number. And we're going to play it on the New Year's Eve special. It's the New Year's Eve spectacular. The I Hate Jerry spectacular. Call me right now. Do you, are, you, are you brave enough to call me? Your number is going to be completely confidential. There's no tracking on 325-261-0892. It's your turn to be heard. I will play everything, but I'll bleep out all the cuss words. The New Year's Eve special. We got... We got a uh, Christmas Eve special coming up for you guys. We have Kinder Feller coming back for a Christmas special. And we've got um, several things we're working on with serial killers. And also something about giants. Now, you've heard about giants in the Bible. You've heard that there was giant bones found and has been covered up. That there's giants that used to roam the earth. We're not going to be talking about that. 
We're going to talk about giants that are here now in a special we have coming up. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Until then, all my best.